0: Well, hello, everyone. Psalm 150 today, another one of those praise kind of psalms that I hope you, you find yourself so grateful and glad and joyful. And would you pray with me, though, first? Father, we just love you. And may our hearts be overjoyed as we go into this last psalm of the book of Psalms. Father, may we kind of reflect on all what we've done in the last six weeks, how all the six other psalms just kind of come into completion here, that this is the way psalms was supposed to stand. Father, help us to catch this. In Jesus' name, amen. So what do we catch? What, What is... Our desire. What do we want to catch from this little psalm of six verses? And you know, why is it last? I'm always kind of looking at, you know, what is the last words of the of the book? You know, like there's always a in any book you read. You just almost want to read the ending first because you know that's usually all when everything works out. And I think the psalms are kind of like that. It's like, yep, it's it's tough living sometimes, but when you put it all together this is like a doxology that just closes the whole book, but where's the focus? The focus is all about him. And Again, I don't want to be a downer here, but I just hear so many complaints about with people in the churches today. You know, they don't like the way it's too hot in there, it's too cold in there, it's too loud, it's too soft. They don't sing my music, there's no organ anymore. It's, I mean, there's, it's just endless with complaints. And sometimes, I mean, I think we're all guilty. But do we ever stop and think, about our complaints our complaints, are complaining why? because it doesn't it, it doesn't mean, meet my need, it, it's not what I want, it's not my favorite when we go to worship and praise and this this is what this psalm is about and I think there's a reason why it is short it's to the point it's there's no complaining in here. There is no, there's no whining. There's not even, oh, but life is tough. There's none of that. This is the last psalm because all focus, I mean, all focus, is on the Lord Jesus. It's on God the Father, God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. So whoever wrote this started out by saying praise the Lord. When you get your eyes off you and you're you're focusing on him and then the, whole of the Holy Spirit then goes to work and he's starting to remind you of what you all have learned in either the book of Luke or that we've started with in September or whether... In these Psalms that we have concentrated on these last weeks, the psalmist is saying, Praise the Lord. You know, it is easy to praise people or praise, you know, different. You know, I asked the question, Why is it so easy to praise people or things in this world? It's so easy to talk about and say great things about certain things or people. And yet, we kind of have this restraint about letting it rip when, when he's the one that has done all the work to transform our life, to give us all that we have. All the blessings that Paul said that we've been blessed with from the heavenly realms, let alone the future we're going to experience. So my answer to that question when I, "Why is it so easy to praise people or things in this world?" I answer, "I really don't know. It makes no sense. Is it because they're right there? Is it because it maybe people won't get so threatened by, by you know us being so spiritual or whatever, which shouldn't have a thing to do with it. But he is so enough. He is so enough. And, and sometimes you think, well, you know, I'm just not in the mood to be this excited or I just, I'm not happy right now. You don't know my circumstances right now. So, you know, easy for you to say, you know what? You don't know mine either. And I'll tell you, life is tough straight across the board for everybody. It was for the psalmist who wrote this psalm, too. And yet, when you choose to put your eyes and look full in his wonderful face and then allow the things of this world to go strangely dim when you start realizing despite the suffering despite the circumstance he is enough this is my bible i believe it's god's word i believe every word is true and it is all that i need the words because remember in in the gospel of john that jesus is the word Jesus is the word and so when you open your Bibles you are listening to him speak to you and he's giving you and feeding you everything that you and I need. He's enough. Despite what's going on. When you start concentrating on his words and what he's done and what he's promised you cannot seriously conscientiously truthfully, sincerely believe what you're reading and stay in your funk. If you choose to lift your eyes to the hills and if you choose to lift your eyes and your focus on on who he is, you are going to hear the Holy Spirit say, and I'm going to prove to you he's enough. You know, it was so easy when I took a look uh, in that second question that says take a look at who you are and what you have because of Christ Jesus. It's so easy to list and, and I really had quite a good time with that. But I mean, of course, my first one was that he gave me life. He breathed into me Life. I believe he had a plan for me. I look back on my personal life and I think how this one great aunt of mine was just right at my parents' house at just the time I was downstairs on our old rickety upright piano and I was just a singing away at seven years old. And she happened to be there and said, you know what? I think she sounds like children's Bible hour material. My mom calls there. I go down there. And by the time I'm eight years old, I'm on the program that's going to be beneficial for the rest of my life. Ten years on that program that helped mold me. Of course, I, I can't help but think about all the people that right people, right place, right time. Then my life would have been so different if I hadn't met Tom when I did after I had a devastating breakup. I think about my children, both born two months too early, both very premature, and yet God had a plan. How when I when I had Jason and how they didn't think he was going to make it through the night. How a nurse called her husband and in the night he brought all my record jackets that this nurse happened to have of mine and they put it all around the incubator and played those records for Jason in that incubator the whole night. I mean, these are the hands and feet of Jesus working. I think of how I watched him put Tom and I in full time ministry. Two people, probably, that you'd least expect. But as we look back now, how he had prepared us from childhood. But how it took a real deep suffering for us to throw up our hands to say, okay, Lord, we're ready. We're ready to commit but how the Trinity works together in our lives. It was that question. I just sat back and I marveled. I stood in awe. I watched him supply our needs and I am not kidding you. Even though I had a great time with that question and why he is so worthy of praise... The thing that came to my mind, and I could just erase all of what I wrote and just write this. Why can I say Psalm 150 despite all what my 70 years have been like? I can say praise the Lord because when I was 10, he saved me. He helped me even as a little child to comprehend my sin and my realization of I have to accept him. I have to know that I need a Savior. Like Jesus said to the Pharisees, if you you know how much you need what I've come to do, then you're going to love me more. But if you don't realize your need for a Savior, you're not going to be praising Him. You're not going to be over-the-top praising Him when you'd rather complain and whine because you know things aren't going quite the way you want in the worship service. He saved you and I. If you've been to the cross, I bet if I had a nickel for every time I said that, boy, wouldn't I be a rich rich, rich woman today? to me that is it every person needs to confess and repent and humbly see themselves because that's what confession and repentance will do to you but then to watch him take that confession and repentance and forgive and to infill us with his spirit so that we then can finish our earthly lives knowing that we are being led and directed by him that yes, we are not our own but what an exchange we've been bought and now we belong to you oh yes I praise you Lord and then this psalmist very simply says where, When and how? Where can you praise Him? Praise God in His sanctuary. And where is the sanctuary? And I first you go know, right away, you think, well, it's that church building that I go to. Yep, it is. Sometimes it's in the middle of the Rockies, and you're looking at creation. And you just break into, oh Lord, my God, when I an awesome wonder. Or his sanctuary can be in that quiet little place, just you and him. So where is his sanctuary? Wherever you and, wherever you and Jesus are. Wherever you and Jesus are, that's his sanctuary and you can praise him, and I can praise him there. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Sometimes, yes, I love to feel that he's sitting right next to me, that when I praise him, it's like I can see his face, and he's so worthy of that face-to-face praise that I can give him and watch him love it, because, like I said before, he loves our praise. But sometimes, sometimes I just love to lift, lift my head and picture him on the throne with all those thousands and tens of thousands of angels around that throne. When I can hear all the angels in praise Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor. And I join in with that chorus. I can praise God in His sanctuary, wherever that sanctuary is, or I can praise Him in His mighty heavens. And and why? Why? Or uh, look at it. it says, I praise Him for His acts of power. I praise him for his surpassing greatness. Let your mind go back where you watched him. You can only say it was because of him. This happened. This is how I felt. That it's just no question he was there. Praise him for his acts of power, for his greatness. And again, my mind went to the cross. You talk about his greatness, his acts of power. It took power for him to stay on that cross. You know that? When he was being hackled, when that thief on the cross said, if you are who you are, save yourself and save us too while you're at it. I mean, it took power for Jesus to say, I'm committed to follow through to the end. When he could have called 10,000 angels to just destroy this whole world and set him free. But instead, he was willing to die for you and me. Praise him for that. Praise him for his acts of power, for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. I mean, now the psalmist says, you know what, you can praise him any way you want. And here again, it just shows. He starts out by saying, you know, if you want the big sound, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Do you know that back in Bible days, the trumpet was associated with the grandest and most solemn events? The trumpet was there at the giving of the law. The trumpet was there at the proclamation of every jubilee, which was every 50th year was when the Jews released prisoners, forgave debt, returned property. The trumpet was sounded at the coronation of kings. The trumpet was sounded at the raging of war. But I couldn't help but think of this and I I went back or I went forward in my Bible to Second Thessalonians. And I thought, oh, is this gonna be something? No wonder the psalmist says, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. It's a noble, majestic sound. Second Thessalonians or First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. King James calls it a lute. But it's like a guitar. So you're talking about strings. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with tambourine. King James calls it a timbrel. But praise him with that tambourine just beating the beat of the praise. Praise him with the strings and the flute. I think we're getting a whole orchestra here. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Cymbals. You know what the cymbals are like. You know, at just the right time, you watch the person who's playing the cymbals and he puts them over his head and he bangs them. Boy, does that make a point! Praise him with a clash of cymbals, praise him with resounding cymbals. So, yes, it can be loud, it can be orchestra but then let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Your and my praise can be as quiet and as intimate and as sweet as we want it to be and it can be just as meaningful to the ears of our Savior. So the psalmist is ending by saying, "You just praise me any way you want," I was reminded of a time I had to do a, a mission, and I was brought to Barbados. And the person that picked me up, I, I assumed that he was going to bring me to where I was to stay, but he said, "I'm going to bring you first to our radio and television station." And so I went along with it. I went in and the minute the man that was running the radio station saw me, he put me right into the studio. And the man who was opposite of me said to me, I mean just like that, I was on. I was on live radio. They they knew I was coming. They knew I was going to be singing around the whole island. And so their question to me before I even started the singing, they said to me, we want to know where you stand with this new music that's coming out. What is your opinion on all the different kinds of music? We, we really don't want it to change. We like it to stay just like this. We like singing our songs this way. And now they're coming in and they're just taking over and we have no say. And I'm thinking, you know what? I don't see any way that I'm going to win in this one. Because no matter what I say, I haven't even started yet. And I just went to the Lord and I said, Lord, you've got to just fill my mind like you promised. I came here to represent you. And that quick, I looked at that man sitting across from me that was kind of like, okay, you answer that one, lady. And with all confidence, I said to him, you know, I've been on both sides. And yes, of course, I like the old. That's what I was raised with. But I've also seen people who are just so fake. And they're just singing those songs and they mean nothing. But oh, they're singing those wonderful old songs. But their heart wouldn't resonate with a word of it. I said, and then I've been on the other side and I've been a part of the new music and I've seen the same there the new music maybe they're trying to show their talent maybe and maybe they too don't mean it or maybe they really mean it and they can't wait to express their heart is it so I guess my answer, bottom line, is it really doesn't matter what kind of music. It's your heart condition that you're singing it with. Or you're listening. And maybe, maybe it's not your kind, but if you're listening and you can hear the words of praise to your God, shut your eyes and just let it go to the one who deserves it. So when I heard this last verse, I just think this psalmist says, step beyond your human nature. Step beyond your focus of me, myself, and I. Step beyond your wants and desires. And look at him. And look who he is. And look what he's done. And look how he saved you. And then you just let it rip. Rip. Praise the Lord. Let it be said that I am one of the everything that has breath. That I am praising the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we get it. May we look at this simple six-verse psalm and know exactly Why, it's the doxology of the Psalms. Help us to see you. Help us to get beyond our human nature. And that in the sanctuary, wherever you and I are, I can praise you. That whatever the instruments are, I can praise you. If it's quiet, I can praise you. And I know you love it. And I do too. Because there's no one more worthy. Father, I am so grateful for the praise that you have let us see what it is. You've allowed us to learn what it is and how important it is to you. Father may we be faithful and given you all that you deserve. We pray this all in Jesus name. Amen.